Where'd you find this? Oh, wait, Craig, I'm not ready. I mean, here we go. Episode 109? 110? I think it's 110. I'm I'm losing count now because we don't do the numbers anymore. (laughs) This is why we started. You got to circle back. We just do jersey number 10. So today we're doing Troy Aikman. Was he number 10? Uh, He was eight. Mitch Trubisky's number 10. That's right, dude. More more points in one game than Kenny Pickett has fantasy-wise in his entire career. Oh my god. Uh Mitch Trubisky also came close to a record last night. He almost threw his first pick six, but it's yep. still not meant to be. He was so stoked when that shit got called back. He was like, <laughs> holding, get that shit back out there. I couldn't believe that got called back. I yeah. That's JC Jackson for you, man. The game was a fucking shit show. I turned it off at halftime. I was like, I'm <laughs> I don't I don't need to see any more of this misery. Hey, but as Bears fans, that helped you guys out a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I hate that. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> uh, the next season. Oh, we've been waiting for it. All right. So episode 110, we got a bunch of fun stuff coming up. Uh, but as always, Ryan, start us off. Oh, shit. Okay. So this week we're going Nebraska theme. All right. Ooh, corn. So th- this is a player that played at the University of Nebraska. He was the second wide receiver to be drafted first overall in the NFL draft by the Patriots, Tony. Do you know who this is? Irving Fryer? Yep. Yep. Let's go. Yeah. Mr. Irving Fryer. Born out in New Jersey, was uh, scouted to go play for the Cornhuskers when they were pretty decent back in the 80s. He he played in Tony. He played in that famous Bears Super Bowl '85. Sure did. And in fact, he scored the only New England touchdown in that game. Okay. Uh, that was a forty-six to ten loss. If nobody knows the famous '85 Bears Super Bowl. Does he? Um, wait, wait, wait! I don't want to spoil anything. He's got a ton of arrests, doesn't he? Oh, he's got a rap sheet. We'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. He was the primary punt returner as well for the Patriots. Oh, yeah. The 1990 team, the the New England Patriots went 1-15. And in 91, he had his first 1,000-yard season. But then got traded to the Dolphins in 93. And he had 1,000-yard seasons in 93-94. He retired in 2001. That's a long career for a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, 17 seasons. 851 passes for over 12,000 yards, 84 touchdowns, 242 rushing yards, over 2,000 punt return yards, 505 kickoff return yards, 7 fumble return yards, giving him uh, over 15,000 all-purpose yards. He played 255 games, and that's the most ever by a New Jersey player and by anyone in the NFL ever born in Jersey. Um, let's look at some of his records. Uh, he's caught touchdowns. I, this, I'm guessing this is an NFL record. If someone wants to check this, this seems like it could be. touchdown. He's caught touchdowns from 19 different uh, passers. Doesn't seem like maybe it should be more. 
but if you pay for yeah but also like look at tom brady he played for 17 seasons because he yeah he was or like if he was on the browns he'd have like 37 touchdowns from 37 different quarterbacks right right well because he played for patriots the dolphins the eagles and the redskins so four different teams right there over a span of 17 years miami was dog shit for a really long time right so like maybe that was part of the thing Okay, so I'm pulling That's up. True. I pulled up a Reddit post, and so take this with a, a whole grain of salt. So, Pro Football Reference tracks who has caught the most touchdowns from different quarterbacks, but the cutoff on the website looks like it stops at 13 quarterbacks. So, oh, really? There's a lot of. So maybe that maybe that is a record then. So hang on, but there's a lot of famous wide receivers that are 13 that's probably more like randy moss terrell owens um the only person that's on that list that's played for one team for his whole career and has 13 or more quarterbacks that has thrown him touchdown passes larry fitzgerald okay all right so Uh, he he might have the record but they're they're all probably pretty close okay so he's the first player to record a touchdown in 17 consecutive seasons. Obviously, that was broken by Jerry Rice, uh, who went 20 consecutive seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Another record has broken by Jerry Rice this week. Right. <laughs> he's the oldest player to score four touchdowns in a single game. Um, yeah, in 1996, he was 34 years old, and he scored four touchdowns. That's so Damn. sick. Right. And he's tied for the third most or no, he has the third most receiving yards in a half ever. Uh two hundred and eleven in nineteen ninety four. See DJ Moore over here. <laughs> As Tony alluded, he does have a little bit of a rap sheet. Um I'm sure I I'm sure he's done a lot more than I'm about to tell you about. It's not it's not the greatest. He's he and his mother at one point uh, were like trying to defraud banks with like different mortgages and writing bad checks. So like they would go get they would go like pick out a house and go to like five different mortgage companies and get mortgages for the values of that house. And like it was it's crazy. He owed. Yeah, it was a big fraud scheme. Victimless crime. Yeah, I was going to say, compared to the other things we've covered in this podcast, that'd be that bad. <laughs> in, uh, in 85, he missed the AFC Championship game uh, because he injured his hand um, in a domestic dispute with his pregnant wife. Less okay. cool. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> right. Whoops. Yeah. Significantly less Not cool. Good. In 88, he was re- arrested on weapons charges, charges in Jersey. The state trooper found that he had a loaded shotgun and handgun, as well as a hunting knife in his car. That one's kind of in the middle for me. We've got two extremes and one in the middle so far here. In 86 in November, he separated his shoulder during during a game against the Bills. And instead of watching the rest of the game from the sidelines, he left the stadium and was listening to the game while driving his car through Foxborough. He then crashed into a tree and suffered a slight concussion. Jesus. I mean, that yeah. that's the that's the actions of a man after your own heart, Ryan Edgecombe, Mister. <laughs> let's let's leave early so we can beat the traffic over here. 
Hey, you know yeah, what? I like right? that. If you're losing, my, but my thing too is like, is, is there no team protocol of like, hey, not that you're held hostage, but like, I think you kind of have to stay for the whole procedure, right? Like, do you get your whole paycheck <laughs> if you leave the game early? You're on the you're on the clock, <laughs> right? You can't punch out early, <laughs> right? No one can cover your shift. And oh, to continue that that mortgage thing earlier, uh, in 2015, a New Jersey judge said that uh, Irving Fryer and his mother have to pay $615,000 in restitutions to five leading institute, um, five lending institutions that were cheated in this mortgage scam. Dude, he caused uh, the 2008 <laughs> collapse. Oh yeah, by himself. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know though that like that's just one big mortgage scam away from being fixed and taken care of right like Correct. one sure. last one last heist and then they can quit the game forever <laughs> but he's a famous uh, nebraska corn husker and uh that's where we're going this week so that's why i chose to profile mr irving fryer hell yeah that's a good one um shane mine actually involves irving fryer so do you mind if i go second are you serious yeah do you dude we are just all connected and absolutely tony we're cycling together all right so <laughs> last week we saw an iconic moment in nfl history we saw mike evans get his 10th consecutive season of 1000 or more receiving yards so good oh, for yeah. you mike evans fan of the pod uh this brings him to second on the all-time list of consecutive 1000 seasons in a career behind obviously jerry rice um this has led to some discussions over the past week that I'd like to talk about for my segment this week. So we're going to investigate an issue that I don't think will exist for much longer, but it's still something interesting to talk about. What the hell is with the anti-wide receiver bias in the Hall of Fame selection process? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. So we're, first, we're going to start by talking about the selection process itself. There are 49 voters on the selection team. There's one voter from each city with an NFL team per team. So places like New York or LA have two guys on the selection committee. These voters come from the local media from the city that they're representing. There are 15 at-large delegates who are also on this committee, and those guys' appointments are open-ended. At-large voters are for life unless they choose to retire or die. The selection committee then meets on the Saturday before the Super Bowl to decide the next enshrined class, which is anywhere between four to eight people. Now, a candidate needs 80% of the vote to get into the Hall of Fame. And I didn't know this, but the list of voters is actually available on the Hall of Fame website. And there's actually a couple of notable people on there. Uh, you got James oh, yeah. Lofton. Yeah, James Lofton, who is an actual NFL Hall of Famer. Okay. San Diego Charger legend Dan Fouts, who is also a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay. You got Peter King, who sucks. Um, and then from ESPN, you have Sal Palantonio and Lisa Salters. Really? Yep. So I did not know that. As of this last class, there are 371 players or members in the Hall of Fame. 52 of those 371 are either coaches, coaches or contributors, which is like this own separate category of like Steve Sable, who did NFL films, like that type of person. Yeah. Now, of the 371 people, only 29 are wide receivers. Really? Let that sink in, Elon Musk. Of those 29, 
only nine of those receivers have played in this millennium. What? Yeah. Um, two of those nine played their last down in the year 2000 itself. So only three wide receivers in the Hall of Fame right now played during the 2010s. Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, and Calvin Johnson. Okay. The question is, what's the fucking holdup? Well, across all the stuff that I looked at, I found that wide receivers are screwed, but actually defensive backs and outside linebackers are even more neglected, but we can tell that story in another day. So to answer our question, I think the problem lies within the selection committee because there's a lot of, stop me if this shocks you, red-assed old men in there. And the disparity between wide receivers and other positions, in my mind, is absolutely a part of who votes it in, and the rise of the diva wide receiver archetype. So, let's unpack this real quick. The first diva wide receiver in terms of on-field cockiness is debatable, but everything I saw considers it either Michael Irvin or Andre Risen. Okay. If, you rec- if you recall from the Michael Irvin episode we did uh, in college, the Hurricanes were so crazy with their taunting on the field that the NCAA had to implement new rules to prevent them from, like, like celebrating on the field to the extreme level that they were doing it. A honky alert. Of course. Uh-huh. Uh, in the NFL, Irvin didn't quite taunt to his college levels. I mean, he still did, but the seal was already broken, man. And Andre Risen was also a big part of that in the 90s, known most famously for the time when his then-girlfriend from TLC, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, burned his mansion down during a fight when she lit some of his shoes on fire in a bathtub. Right, I forgot about that. Right, so hear me out. This Ryzen incident takes place in 1994, so I consider this ground zero for diva-wide receivers equaling character concerns to the media and general public. Interestingly, only four wide receivers that were drafted in or after 1994 are currently in the Hall of Fame, and I believe there's a direct correlation between the perception of the show-off wide receiver and their likelihood to get elected into the Hall of Fame. Look at the list of career receiving leaders. Of the top 10, three of them aren't in the Hall of Fame. Really? Larry Fitzgerald's number two all-time, and he's going to be first ballot. No question. Um, He's absolutely the type of wide receiver that old white sports writers love. Um, when When Terrell Owens was eligible, it took him three tries for him to get in. Despite the fact that he was clearly deserving of it, and there was a huge outcry, which was enough to bully the voters into being like, yeah, we're, we're idiots. Um, also, by the way, when Owens was elected in on his third try, he decided not to show up to give a speech, which totally rules. Good. As you should. <laughs> um, I love Terrell Owens, and I think I'm going to just say right now, I'm going to do him next week as my profile, because I knew he was amazing and he's a Hall of Famer, but I didn't realize how good he was. And, like, all of the finger quote, like, the bad shit he did was, like, have depression, possibly self-harm, cry at a press conference, and taunt people when he would wreck their shit on the field. Yeah, I think that's a very, like, era, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was popping off in, like, the Mike Vick era, right? So I think people were, like, very much like, we got to clean up the image of the NFL. It's like, yo, dog, this guy's just, he, he needs some help. Well, I also think that, since Owens talked a lot of shit about the media and, and like spoke out about the way that he felt he was being treated. I think that came back to haunt him when it came time to vote for him. 
well look at beast mode right like now he's like revered because he's like funny but like before he was like public enemy number one because he's like hey y'all are just shitty and trying to manipulate things i say like right he was right so steve smith is approaching his third year of eligibility steve smith has the eighth most receiving yards of all time he's not on the list reggie wayne is 10th all time in receiving yards and is in his fifth year of eligibility uh, both of those two guys were all pros and have 11 Pro Bowls between them. And uh, Andre Johnson of the Texans, two all pros, seven Pro Bowls, and the 11th most career yards, and he's also in his third year of eligibility, yet nothing. Uh, Irving Fryer is a guy, funny that you mentioned that, Ryan. He's a guy that people have been arguing for since the the early 2000s to get in. They, they you know, we'll, we'll hang on, let's get there in a second. My final summation is that in the era that started, the very moment that Lisa Left Eye Lopez from TLC burned Andre Risen's house down. The one time he should have been chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Literally. God, God, you had that one in the chamber. I just fucking know it. <laughs> um, the NFL Hall of Fame Voting Commission has operated under the assumption that voting in players who were too showy maybe had minor run-ins with the law and were defrauding banks or tended to be divas would cheapen the honor of joining such other respectable public figures as OJ Simpson, Mike Ditka, Tony Dungy, Brett Favre, Marvin Harrison, Jerry Jones, and Lawrence Taylor. And Ray However, Lewis. Uh, and Ray Lewis. Well, Ray Lewis innocent. However, I don't believe, I don't know if I believe that. However, as the modern NFL has completely shifted towards the passing game, I believe the trend in Hall of Fame voting will shift towards electing more modern wide receivers at the expense of running backs, which is a part of the game rapidly becoming de-emphasized. Like CMC, Hall of Fame. Derrick Henry, Hall of Fame. What other running backs right now are Hall of Famers? Yeah. Right now? Yeah, I don't know. Right. So, Bichon before the draft. <laughs> yeah, one oh beach one oh one no matter what. Um yep. so wide receivers will hopefully have their day. And on the day that he gets his gold jacket, I hope Steve Smith calls all the voters C tier just like he did Jerry Judy. <laughs> and with with that, let's close the book on the NFL and why the hell the Hall of Fame is allergic to wide receivers. Do I'm gonna ch- piggyback because nice. I have this one in the chamber. Do you think Cooper Cup is a first ballot Hall of Famer based on no. what you've given us? No. Well, he's Not... pretty white. He's really white. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it depends, man. Like, what, if is, he has, has Edelman he... been up for availability yet or no? Yeah, you should see how many articles I came across. <laughs> Julian Edelman, Locke, Hall of Fame, first ballot. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Cole Beasley. Oh. He might be too white. Yuck. Gronk, Speaking of Gronk will get in. Oh, for sure. There's only like nine tight ends. Hey, yeah. Dude. Antonio Gates. Let's go. Yeah, it's true. All right. All right, Shane, I, Take it away. We, we fucked up my segue, but we're going to go back to people that we hate because we're approaching fantasy playoffs. And in hindsight, this was kind of stupid on my end. I should have done this next week because fantasy playoffs start next week. Um, but it's time to be hated. Either you're going to win and bounce people from the playoffs or you're going to ruin someone's playoff chance when you're 2-11 and 11, you burst their bubble. So with the next few weeks, we're going to go off with the mentality of he hate me. So my guy, my guy this week is he hate me himself, Rod Smart. Yeah. 
So Smart played ball at Western Kentucky University, where he ranks 10th all-time in school history with 2,305 rushing yards on 356 carries with 21 touchdowns. That's almost a 6.5 yards per carry and a 5.9% chance of scoring a touchdown on each carry. Yes. Nice. So he was named first team all gateway conference. He also did track running the 1600 meter yard dash. I think his 40 time was like 4.3 maybe. He, he was very fast. So Smart was signed as an undrafted rookie by the Chargers in 2000 before being cut and would join the newly formed XFL. Smart was ironically smart enough to understand this league was a a different bridge between NFL and entertainment as it was kind of a homogenization of pro wrestling and and the NFL of trying to go it was a joke vince mcmahon is the donald trump of sports right <laughs> um, they are they are friends so it makes sense but he he grasped the concept of oh oh hey there's this avenue which i can market myself because in the first game of the season um he basically saw himself that he could market himself in the fastest way possible because he put he hate me on the back of his jersey because players at that time were allowed to put any phrase that they want on the back of their jersey he actually was originally going to change the phrase every week to try to catch on, but then the XFL exploded with that singular photo and him playing, so he just kept it rolling, and he was selling a lot of jerseys. So in a matchup against rival Los Angeles Extreme, which I think is weird to have like a rival team in a brand new yeah. sport, right? Like, how do you hey, this is your enemy. Like, all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. Two, yeah, two Extreme players put, I hate he... And I hate he too on their jerseys to call out smart because they didn't like the fact that he was garnering attention compared to the rest <sighs> of the league. Dude. So, so the teams played again later in the year and the same players would put still hate he and still hate he too. Okay. I got no sympathy for the second guy. The first guy, like the first time that you do it, I hate he too. Like it's funny. Cause you're like, yeah, yeah that, that also, you yeah. knew you were going to play him again. You didn't come up with something better in those weeks. Like, fuck yeah. off. So future teammate on the Panthers would honor Smart and name his horse, She Hate Me. <sighs> <sighs> so as the XFL collapsed, Smart would go on to play for the Edmonton Eskimos in the CFL before being released after oh, one yeah. preseason game. No! Oh! In two thousand one, he <laughs> yeah, they, I think they shut down sooner or something like that. There's some weird. Oh, that's the AFL. I'll talk about that later. Uh, so in two thousand one, he would sign to the Eagles practice squad, where he would play six games, rushing for six yards on two carries, and he would be waived at the end of the season. In two thousand seven, or sorry, in two thousand one, Smart played for the Las Vegas Outlaws in the XFL, the Edmonton Eskimos in the CFL, and the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL. Nice, damn. So Smart would then sign to the Panthers where he'd have his longest tenure where he'd initially be put on special teams kickoff teams and he would lead the Panthers in, in 24 special teams tackles being the second highest number of special teams tackles in a season in Panthers history. Yes. In 2001, he would be a kick returner and average 23.1 yards per return, including a 100-yard return against the rival Saints. He also did double duty again, playing special teams defense and recorded his first block punt while also playing running back in the season. Yes. His career would be cut short due to injuries as he would be cut by the Panthers. The Raiders would try to sign him, and then he would have his contract negated in the AAFL due to the league suspending the season. Friends like these. I know. And that's He Hate Me. Nothing nothing crazy. He had like a, a 
they lost him for like a day or two and they're like <laughs> oh we should try to find him and then he turned up so nothing nothing too crazy about him he's just kind of a dude now fuck yeah he hate me dude i watched that game live <laughs> i remember that shit i was a huge wwf fan what an era right like 9-11 korea yeah. yep xfl have you watched the 30 for 30 documentary on the xfl no highly uh-huh. recommend it's wonderful okay. it's really well done it's like season one 30 for 30 okay um worth worth watching cool. all right so let's take a break we'll come back with the dfs lineup so we'll see you on the other side and goodbye We're we're back. Yeah, we've got a super flex guaranteed to cash. So let's drop a little knowledge on you. We're pairing deck with Jake Ferguson, our man Big Ferg. They're going against Philadelphia. Uh, we're exploiting another bad pass matchup. We're pairing Russell Wilson with Cortland Sutton. Our running backs are Zach Moss, Alvin Kamara. We got Keaton Mitchell in the flex, and DJ Moore is our wide receiver too. What do you guys think? I think we've. I like of- this one. I like it a lot, but I think we've cursed ourselves because Marvin Mims is back, and I've been manifesting oh, nine no. catches for 210 yards and two touchdowns against the Chargers for like nine months. So this is the week. This is the Marvin Mims week. <laughs> they also have another gonna... game. They haven't played each other yet this year, so there's there's nope. two chances. All right, all right, all right. How much was Mims on the salary? Did we ever look I that up? No, we I didn't. Don't could, think so. yeah. could you even fucking roster him? Is he even an option to be picked? <laughs> They're like, <laughs> you get a you get a credit on your account if you roster this person. <laughs> it just says I. It just says IA over his name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we have to take a moment and and pour one out for Ryan's mid tier kind of shitty tight end of the week. The so pissed you guys like i let you down no we gassed you up too much that's the problem fantasy gods are not kind as soon as you start talking shit dude they smack you right down right but as waleed says all right whenever you lose that means you're bound to win all right so this week this week we're gonna win all right i believe you so for my mid-tier kind of shitty tight end of the week, I'm going with Michael Mayer. Okay. 4,900. 4, uh, had four targets last week. I uh, went a little bit cheaper this week. I also have a secondary one, all right? And we're going with Gerald Everett. He had five targets last week. He's only 5,100. Okay. I feel like Everett's got a chance for a touchdown this week. I, think, I feel like Michael Mayer does too. So... That's what I'm going with this week. I don't mind it, man. Like with the way Minnesota brings the blitz, you just throw those short ones to your tight end over the middle. Let him pick up some yeah. yards. He could chisel out yeah. some yards like that chiseled jaw of his. <laughs> He's finally developing a role in that offense, which I like. Uh, yeah, especially for someone that was the number one yeah. tight end prospect. You know. Yeah, and, and a second round pick, right? Yep. Yeah. And hopefully he has that Trey McBride, like, take that game up to the next tier right away. You know what I mean? Like, 
end of this year, start of next season, hopefully he starts to really solidify himself as one of those guys that's like, for fantasy purposes, hey, you're at the top of the blob. I mean, I think that's like the massive upheaval we're seeing in tight end right now. Like, I don't want to say Kelsey's fallen off, but KC's kind of fallen off, right? And like, I mean, Mandrew's not being in, but it's like, go ahead. I say this as someone who is not a physically fit man. Watching Travis Kelsey run to the end zone for that Hail Mary on Sunday night, I was like, this dude's <laughs> this dude's exhausted. Like he needs to like he needs a break. Like he's been going too hard. You know, like I was you got what you gotta do is you gotta get Taylor Swift to use one of her private jets to fly him from the fifty to the goal line so that he yeah, can right. make that play. Cause uh, um, who yeah. is the guitarist? Is it Garth Brooks? Or is it somebody else? That did what? I was going to make a funding joke. They could fund. Uh, oh my God. Kelsey, Kelsey to the end zone. Sorry. This is a, a, <laughs> a, a, a cut off of, of Tony's jokerfication over Taylor Swift. I'm so, I read her profile and I was so salty and it's just because <laughs> I, I toiled in fucking DIY hell for, a, you know, 15 years and just being like, Oh, I had such tragedy. I didn't get to go on tour with what, like Tim McGraw or some shit when she was That's 17. Was, it was Tim McGraw. Yeah. And like, and then her Tim McGraw's manager happened to be at her 18th birthday and gave her like a, at least a $50,000 check. And she's like, I could pay my band bonuses. And I'm like, this is not a fucking office job. You don't get bonuses for being in a band. You get one drink coupon and you have fucking five minutes to drink it. And it's not even like, I'm not even mad that she's like, she was born rich. That's, that's fine. I don't give a fuck. She couldn't control that. But using it to be like, I overcame XYZ just kills me. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, Shane, I want to get as rich as Taylor Swift so that Tim McGraw can give me a check for more money. So <laughs> tell me what props you like this week. Um, I think like it, as much as of a hater as I'm going to be on some shit, I think there are some nice little uh, abusive ones we can exploit this week. Face turn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll start off. I'll start off with the negative right off the gate. <laughs> okay. Right out of the gate because the the line was too insane not to pass up of putting a dollar on. Uh, Matt Stafford under 0.5 receiving touchdowns. I love that because Baltimore has wow. only given up ten passing touchdowns this entire season, four of which came in two really? different games. Two two of those came against Josh Dobbs, and two of them came against Joe Burrow. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. The next one, I know Tony's in on this line, even though I do think Austin Eckler is off the cliff at this point. His rushing yard, the rushing line total on sleeper is 49.5. And I think that's uh, pretty easy, especially against Denver, who's kind of a middle-of-the-pack rush defense. Yeah. Actually, I saw something that blew my mind the other day. Um, you know, explosive plays are any play that goes 15 or more yards. Um Eckler's explosive play rate is actually higher this year than it was last year. That's really? wild. Yeah. It's just, I guess you're down for touchdown uh, regression, right? It's kind of what happens. Yep. Right. Um, I, I, there's a lot of chalk this week too. Like the Michael Pittman over 6.5 receptions. I think that's like easy money. I liked that line too. When I was looking at stuff earlier. Um, and then Jamar chase over 67.5 
uh, Jake Browning's just feeding him, and he said, I don't care if he drops 10 in a row, I'm just going to keep passing him the ball. So I think that's great for fantasy purposes. Uh, I also also took the Geno Smith under 236.5, even though the Cowboys have a significantly significantly good rush defense or like a, a, sorry, a a pressure system. Geno did kind of torch them. So that's kind of my only caveat against the San Francisco matchup. Um, because hopefully it does turn into a shootout, which I'm, as from fantasy perspective, we're all kind of hoping for. And then my yeah. last one is is Jaden Reed, thirty eight point five uh, receiving yards. Hell yeah, love me some Jaden Reed, thirty six point five receiving. All right, I hope your minds are limber and ready to go, because we got a game to play. You guys ready? Yeah, I'm gonna break my shit again. All right, you're going to work collaboratively on this. I'm going to the list contains 14 players and I'm going to ask you to name 7. Okay. And I'm actually going to give you four strikes. Cuz this one's tricky. Oh god. <laughs> I like Jesus. That. It's going to be this, tough. That's difficult. Um I I don't think it's that bad. I just think there's a couple that seem obvious that aren't on the list. All right. We have 14 running backs in the NFL with double-digit rushing attempts inside the five-yard line. Name seven. Double-digit double digit rushing attempts within the, the five-yard five line? Correct. I feel like what you told us in the middle of our segment for DFS was bait because you said Zach Moss had nine last week. I'll give you a hint. Zach Moss is not on this list. Yeah, so I felt that was bait. Um, um, should we go Montgomery even though he missed a few games? He only missed four, right? And they've scored like a shit ton of touchdowns. He's usually the the go-to within the 10 and pretty much in the five. But I feel like that that might be like a trick one. You know, like Tony thinks it's obvious, <laughs> so it's probably not on the list. Uh, we'll, I'm fine we'll with save that. that. We'll, we'll we want to save it? Yeah, we, we got, got four misses. All right, yeah, let's do yeah. it. That's yeah, Monty. David Montgomery has 12 attempts inside the five-yard line. You are correct. Let's go. Yeah. My next guess is ETN. What do you think, Ryan? Um, yeah, honestly, ETN's had a good year rushing, so I feel like he could have at least 10. I f- yeah, you want to try it? Yeah. Travis ETN is not on my list. Damn it. Whoa. It's that 10-yard line. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's been a lot of tank... Tank Bigsby, like inside the five, running. And guess how many uh, touchdowns he's converted? <laughs> None. <laughs> fucking, fucking zero. Uh, McCaffrey, can we get that one out of the way? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Christian okay. McCaffrey has 14 rushing attempts inside the five. He is tied for second. Okay. Gus, Gus Bus? Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, let's do that. Gus Edwards has 13 rushing attempts inside the five. He is in sole possession of third place. We're cooking now. Okay. Let's see here. No, it's not Let's see who it's not. Yeah. Uh, I want... Uh, it's, not, you th- it's not Madison. It's not... It could be Madison, because I know he has like a terrible hey. conversion rate. That's but we true. can we, we can we can hold him. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Um, Pollard was, maybe. I was thinking Pollard because he had really bad uh, percentages too. 
they do score a lot, so he's have definitely had chances, I'm sure. Yeah. Are you guys submitting Tony Pollard? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Ryan. Tony Tony Pollard yeah. is Tony Pollard is tied for second with Christian McCaffrey and one other player at fourteen. Wow. Is Eckler one of them, Ryan? I don't know. I mean, I know his receiving is is down this year, but I'm not, I I don't know. I mean, have he the, had, th- he had have three the Chargers attempts. had that many chances in the red zone? <laughs> no, but he did have three attempts at Green Bay, two of which he fucked up. So, okay, and he is, you know, the dominant force on the team. So, yeah, let's do it. Austin Eckler is tied with Tony Pollard and Christian McCaffrey with fourteen nice. attempts inside the five. You have answered Wait, so five, and you have three strikes to go. Raheem Mostert, do you think? Or Achan? That's that's good. That's a good point. Go, let's go Mostert first. Yeah. Raheem Mostert is tied with three other players with 11 rushing attempts inside the five. That is correct. Do we want to guess Achan since we still have three guesses left? I'm fine with that. Uh, he's got at least show, he's, he's, shell he's, the... he's got at least four, so I'm fine with that That's too. That's true. That's true. All right, let's try it. Devon Achan is not on the list. Strike okay. two. All right, damn it. Um, you know what I think is a Brian... sneaky one is uh, is Jonathan Taylor. I know Zach Moss oh, was like the torchbearer, but like, I know because Taylor's had what like three touchdowns before he got hurt. You are mi- Brian Robinson. You are missing the like first. Rob- you're leading the. You're missing the first overall player. You are missing one, two, three players with eleven, and you are missing three players with ten. You said Brian Robinson. Is that your guess? I like. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I would, it's probably a good bet. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're making some drama out of this. Brian Robinson's not on my list. Fuck. No. <laughs> you have three strikes. So wow. you are missing. Well, you have six, so you're missing eight. Uh, Najee Harris or Warren? What about Chuba Maybe Hubbard? Najee. Chuba? Would you like your I second just... clue? I'm okay. fine with that. None of the players remaining would surprise you being on this list given their overall team rush share. I want to say Derrick Henry, but like the spear shit freaks me out. But I know he's still the king, but, right? Uh, okay, do Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is not on my list. No. Oh my God. Oh. Now it's, dead, dude. it's do or die right now. So you are out of strikes. You have one last shot to name me either the player who has 15 rushing attempts inside the five or oh, one no. of the six that has 11 or 10. Your, your clue oh. so far is remember, no, you will not be surprised by the remaining players given team rushing share. Is it? Do you think it's Kyron Williams, Ryan? Guess so. Yeah, he's had he was so good in the beginning of the year. You want to do that? Like, 
any like outside of Hendo coming back, he's literally been the bell the bell cow. How about let's okay before we go final? Okay, <laughs> so we didn't we didn't say we didn't say Walker. Um, it can't be anyone from Denver. Pacheco, maybe. I can see. Uh, I can see Pacheco. James Connor. Hiron's my gut, but Damn that's it. just that's just because Joe, of like the care. Joe Mixon. I can see Mixon too. The problem is I don't haven't like watched these players this year, right? Like every time red zone Tyron Williams scores, I'm like not in the room. <laughs> <laughs> or Joe Mixon, I'm just like I don't watch these games. Joe Burrow got hurt. All right, what do you he think? Did. What's our final answer? Who who sank us last week? Was it me? Did I did I make the first incorrect or the last incorrect decision? I, I don't, don't sink remember. A, I don't want to sink us twice. <laughs> That's just right. a game. It's for fun. All right. I'd, I'd like to say Kyron. Ryan, are we in? All right. Well, I'll go chain. Kyron Williams has 10. Yes. yes. Bare minimum, just like my life. Let's go. <laughs> the remaining players, the remaining players on the list at 10 touches are Josh Jacobs and Rashad White. The, the players you did not name with 11 rush attempts inside the five are Joe Mixon. DeAndre Swift oh, I forgot and, about him. and Alvin Kamara. And yeah. number one in sole possession of first place for rushing attempts inside the five-yard line is Kenneth Walker. How many, touched, how many touchdowns? I, I did say have? Walker, damn it. You did. I was, I was <laughs> super skeptical because I was like, he's not the fucking... He doesn't bust in. He's that was, That's charged in the role. He's been hurt, but... That's well, crazy. yeah, but if if you think about it, the more times you get stuffed on first and goal from the three, the more opportunities you get to get stuffed on second and goal from the <laughs> two. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know? So let's move on. That was fun. Uh, you guys really pulled it out there at the end. Well done. Shane has totally redeemed himself. Um, yes. So let's talk about our shits to riches game of the week. Shane, you're on a roll. What do you got? I'm going to go... This is me saying, I know Tony feels the same way, but I don't want to speak for the other people, Craig or Ryan, but I'm going to say I'm part of the Raider Nation this weekend, bro. Free yeah. fucking Palestine. Yeah. I'm going yeah. I'm going Raiders and Minnesota. Ooh. This is going to be a shootout? I hope so, because Josh Dobbs is going to have to sling it for his career, and I hope they get absolutely smashed for the pro-Israel shit they're putting out right now. Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm Raider Nation all the way, and I think that... uh. You want Just to bet win. on Michael Mayer? You want to bet on Michael Mayer this weekend? Fuck it, why not? Right? Hell yeah! Josh Jefferson's coming good, back. I'm gonna put in some good Michael Mayer pets. I, his his reception line right now is only at two and a half. I think last time I saw, that's a really good line for that. Yeah, it's probably gonna be one of my top five bets of the week. All right, AOC, take us to the promised land. Right. Um. <laughs> all right, Ryan, your shit to riches game of the week. All right, guys, I'm going. Detroit versus Chicago. All right. There you go. There you go. The line right now is at 43 and a half. I'll bet that over. I might even go and put an alter line at 48 and a half. All right. Oh. Listen, these two teams played each other two weeks ago. Yeah, two or three weeks ago. Detroit won, but it was 31 to 26. There's your over and your alternate over. Um, let's see. 
Fields rushed for over 100 yards. Uh, DJ Moore got a touchdown. Um, who else got touchdowns? But yeah, this game's an excellent game to bet the over. I feel like Vegas has let this uh, line slip a little bit, and it's not as educated as they think. But who knows? I'm not Vegas, and they know a lot more than I do. So, <laughs> All right. <laughs> My shits to riches game of the week. I'm getting real spicy with it. You're going uh, NFC North. I'm going NFC South. We're going Falcons Bucks. Oh. Hell yeah! The game that could just as easily end six to three as it could thirty three twenty seven. Oh, excellent! Um, it's gonna be great. That's not a Desmond Ritter thing. That's that's everybody but Desmond Ritter. Uh, Drake London's got a crazy good matchup this week. Mike Evans got a crazy good matchup this week. Um, you can we just watched Chuba Hubbard dominate Tampa Bay's run defense. I think Bijan does well. Uh, Rashad sure. White out of the backfield. I th- I think this is a Kate Otten week. Um, I'm all over this is game of DFS. Is it a Mingo or or a Thielen redemption week? Uh, I like both of them this week. If I'm being honest with you, but one of my parlays for going to Gamble Town, which airs on the Football Absurdity YouTube at 12 p.m. on Saturday's God's Chosen Time Zone. Um, my weekly parlay is Jonathan Mingo over 34 and a half receiving yards and a Zach Moss anytime touchdown. Okay. So, I, like I saw some stat the other day where someone said that like Jonathan Mingo has the same season-long totals as JSN. And I think that's buck wild. He leads, he's been the go-to since Wright got kicked out. He's good. They just got to scheme him right. I mean, we loved him yeah. as like, hey, Adam Thielen, you don't got to play the slot every snap. This guy's good at the snap or the slot. Right, right. Um, so let me just recap all of our prognostications here. Ryan's mid-tier tight end of the week is Michael Mayer. His secondary is Gerald Everett. Shane's props that he likes, Matt Stafford under 0.5 passing touchdowns. Austin Eckler over 49.5 rushing yards. Michael Pittman over six and a half receptions. Jamar Chase over 67 and a half receiving yards. Geno Smith over 236.5, or no, under 236.5 passing. Jaden Reed over 36.5 receiving. Our shits to riches games of the week are respectively for Shane, Vegas, and Minnesota, free Palestine. Ryan's Detroit and Chicago, free Justin Fields. And mine, Atlanta and Tampa Bay, free Bijan Robinson. So... With that said, Ryan, let's take a trip. All right, guys. So as I alluded earlier, um, we're going to Nebraska. All right. A a state that I've actually been to. uh, Had some fun times there. We're going to Omaha, Nebraska, guys. And if you say Omaha, it's basically the whole state of Nebraska anyway. (laughs) So, so, uh, they love corn so much in the Cornhusker state that they have a local ice cream place called Ted and Wally's where they make corn flavored ice cream. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Omaha is home to the uh, world's largest ball of stamps. Uh, nice. I that was pretty interesting. Um, Johnny Carson got his start in Omaha, Nebraska on WOW Radio uh, doing like random skits and someone heard that he was funny and then he became the Tonight Show host. I don't know how that happened, but (laughs) 
Let's see. Uh, we've got the AAA uh, Kansas City Royals affiliate, the Omaha Storm Chasers. I've actually been to a game out there. It was pretty there fun. It was like it was on opening day. Uh, it was in April. I was out there visiting a friend, and we. I had bought tickets online for like 10 bucks a piece and like we could have gone there and just walked in for free. There was literally 10 people at that game because it was like 30 <laughs> degrees in the beginning of April. There you go. Some interesting facts about Nebraska. Um, did you know that 90% of the towns in Nebraska have a population of 3,000 or less? Jesus. Man, yep. if you want to disappear, that's the area. Right. Yeah. Um Shit. The National Park System doesn't recognize the state of Nebraska as a true state, I guess, because there's no national parks in the state of Nebraska. What? Um, yeah, there's nine state parks, but no national parks. And you know what a famous monument? You guys remember playing Oregon Trail? Remember of Chimney course. Rock? Hell yeah. That, that's in Nebraska. Fuck yeah. Um, and this is another town, too, that uh, the Missouri River runs through. So naturally... Uh, the Lewis and Clark expedition uh, continues. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the official uh, state drink of Nebraska is milk. Um, and <laughs> yeah, weird, right? Um, but did you guys know that Kool-Aid was invented here because of shipping costs? Some guy was trying to figure out a way to just get powdered flavored things so he could mix it with water and by that he won't have to pay the high weight volumes of water to ship his product across the country oh, man. what a fucking genius dude <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> uh, Swanson Foods remember like the Swanson food trucks when we were little oh, Tony yeah. and like oh yeah um, they're the first uh, makers of frozen TV dinners in Omaha Nebraska God bless um They've got a couple like weird laws that's uh, like from like way olden times. Um, so you can't uh, burp or sneeze in church at all in Nebraska, or you get like a, you get like a fine. I think the priest has like a little notebook that he brings out and writes you like a ticket or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, another old law uh, forbids barbers uh, to eat onions between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. So, you know, when you're shaving someone, you don't have bad breath. Uh, that's they've another fine. The they've made the rules. Let them enforce it. Right. Um, I thought this was interesting about their state legislature. Uh, it's what's called a, unicam a unicameral. It's the only one in the U.S. There is only one house and members are elected yep. without party affiliation. Yep. It's not bicameral. It's unicameral. Oh, you, yeah, sorry, unicameral. Yep. Um, it's famous uh, Fortune 500 companies, Berkshire Hathaway, Union Pacific Railroad, uh, Mutual of Omaha. Um, it's the home of Warren Buffett. They have the Omaha Lancers, uh, their U.S. Hockey League team, uh, minor league affiliate. Okay. Uh, Omaha has, and this is strategic probably for U.S. military reasons, but it has the, the largest of the four dedicated biocontainment units in the United States. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, obviously if you want to send 
<laughs> send someone to the middle of nowhere. He sent him to Nebraska. So sure. They actually uh, in 2014, three three Ebola patients were actually treated there. Damn. Nebraska is the only, no, not the only, but is one of a few states that is triply landlocked, meaning it is at least three states away from an ocean in any direction. Suck it. <laughs> yeah, right. Couldn't be me. Good luck. Good luck at seafood out there. <laughs> Omaha sushi. Yeah, right. Um, so let's talk about some famous people from Omaha. All right. We've got Fred Astaire, a famous dancer and actor. True. Uh, that's the singing in the rain guy, right? Sure is. Uh, we've got um, the person who famously drank over 100 beers in an afternoon, uh, Wade Boggs, is from <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> uh, we've got Mar- Marlon Brando, uh, famous godfather. Um... <laughs> I almost just spit-taked all over my computer. <laughs> you know, he's a famous godfather. He is. Uh we got Peter Fonda, uh, also Henry Fonda. We've got Gerald Ford, the 38th president of the United States. Uh, Brees Hall is from Omaha. From um, Brees Hall. Yeah. Right? The band the band 311 is from Omaha. Oh, yeah. Um, we're, we're putting reggae under this whole thing. Aren't they on <laughs> that yeah. Creed tour? Yeah, or something dude. else? Yes. Definitely. So. Uh, Nick Nolte. Uh, famous actors from this uh, from Omaha. Okay. Uh, the Ricketts family, the owners of the Chicago Cubs, are from Omaha. I did not yeah. know that. Uh, Buddy Rich, famous jazz drummer, is from Omaha. Malcolm X is from Omaha. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Union, famous actress. Um, Amon Green, uh, running back, former running back for the Packers, who yep. still holds the franchise rushing record. He was good. He w- he's one of the players I found on my, um, you know, my gauntlet down, looking at Nebraska college players. Dude, he also remember he was the running back that took over after the guy that I profiled, uh, Lawrence Phillips, was suspended for being a domestic abusive asshole. So oh, I'm yeah, on green. Yeah. I'm on green. A repeat appearance on TH Fantasy. Right. <laughs> Uh, Gail Sayers. Hey, Pro Football what? Hall of Famer. His nickname yeah. was the Kansas Comet. He's from Nebraska. What the fuck? He was pre- he was probably born there, and then maybe they moved when they was young or something. That's bullshit. Who else we got? Uh, yeah, we got, that's right. Bright Eyes is from Omaha. Yeah, kind of robbers. Um, Elliot Smith. Did you know Ooh. Elliot Smith was from Omaha? But he no. moved out. They moved out to the West Coast when he was young. But I was going to say that. I was like, I always get Bright Eyes confused with Elliot Smith, but there you go. Dude, I don't think he would I don't think he would have lasted to 16 if he lived in Nebraska his whole life. No, <laughs> right. Who else we got? Oh, the 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 guy from Lost, um Jorge Garcia. Okay. The, the big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh he's from Omaha. Uh oh, uh Steve Borden, wrestler, Sting. Yep. 
from Omaha. Weird. I was told he was from Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> NFL lied to me. <laughs> um, someone, uh, the designer of uh, Mount Rushmore, a painter and sculptor, uh, Gustan Berglum. It's from Omaha. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I know right? him. Yeah. Yep. All boogie. Famous for his oh, work Sean with uh, Sean, Mc, Sean, Sean McDermott, head coach of Buffalo. <laughs> oh my god! Omaha. Oh my god! Ryan, <laughs> did you you heard about everything, right, Ryan? I, th- I think so. Yeah. Did you hear the other story, the not 9/11 story that was fucking hilarious, where he like told them a no. story about a woman that like drove her car into Niagara Falls, and he had like this whole big dramatic story, and then at the end he's like, yeah, and she died. Oh my god. And the whole team was like, what the fuck? I had a chemistry teacher like that. Every story he would tell always ended in tragedy. I was like, hey dude, maybe you're like the source of the misery in your life. I don't right, know. Right, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but um, this is uh, one of the cities I say I could been to. I've been to their downtown. I've done, been out there a couple times, maybe a few times. <laughs> uh, good food, good people. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska. I got a couple more for you real quick. Just two shorties. We got fucking Adam Devine, the workaholics dude. Oh, yeah. That's right. The only one to really cross over, which is kind of weird. Short guys are just funnier to mainstream. That's, yeah, that's true. Um, And then uh, famous uh, sports reporting fantasy football lady, Mina Kimes, is from Omaha. Really? She just makes a living dunking on sexist dickheads on Twitter. And I say good for her. <laughs> so, yeah. Love you, Mina Kimes. You're awesome. Come on the pod. All right. So, that's it. That's 110. Uh, we, we've we learned a lot. Oh, we've yeah. grown. We've grown as people. Thank you, guys. It's always a pleasure. Um, we will talk next week. I hope you enjoy the games. You guys got anything fun to add before we go? Any hot, spicy takes? Well, I sure hope the Jaguars win, and I sure <laughs> hope that they don't play Trevor Lawrence and at least give him a week off that ankle before they decide to make a, this playoff push. Yeah, that'd be but. egregious to make that kind of decision. But, I mean, I think also Houston's – if Houston wasn't, like, a competitor, I think they'd be like, fuck it, just take as much time as you need. We got oh, yeah, he would have already he would have already been ruled out on Monday, yeah. All right, well – Here's to another week of batshit lunacy. Uh, Good luck in your fantasy stuff. Good luck in your real life stuff. And we'll see you next week. All right. Good night, everybody. Happy football, everyone. Happy football.